a woman opens up her closet one morning and finds something unusual. And then we take a look at the creepy world of children. Everyone's favorite little goblins. We need them to repopulate the earth. But why are they so creepy and weird? We don't know. And we're going to take a look at a story of a young child who all of a sudden develops a new habit. But is it possible that this kid is just going through a bit of growing pains or has the world of the supernatural taken them over? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garvener. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are staying warm wherever you're at. Having fun. That's secondary as long as you're warm. I'd rather be warm and bored than cold and having fun. But someone who knows how to do both, I think most people know how to do both. But this guy in particular does. Walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now is a longtime Legacy Patreon supporter. Everyone give it up for AZ. Woohoo, yeah! Come on in, buddy! Yeah! Look at he's he's playing part cheesy and he has a jacket on. AZ, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. I do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so, so much. And a quick update. Uh, pretty soon, the end of Season 20 is coming. That's where I take a two-week break. And that does coincide with my appearance at the Oregon Ghost Conference in Seaside, Oregon. It's a three-day event. It's like $15, and that includes all three days of speakers and vendor tables and all sorts of fun stuff. I will be giving a lecture speech. I don't know what the best term is for it, but um, probably help if I've written it. I haven't written it yet. I'm not going to write it. I'm just going to write some notes down like I do with the show. We see how, uh, how well these go all the time. I will be giving a presentation, that was the term I'm looking for, a presentation, Why Are There No Fat Ghosts? And that will be on opening day, March 24th at 6 p.m. in Seaside, Oregon. So I'll leave all the info in the show notes. That'd be so awesome to have you guys there. I'm pretty sure they think I'm trolling them at this point because they asked for a bio photo. (laughs) They asked for a bio photo and I think for this episode's art, I will include, I will do like a little montage of the three pictures I sent them. I don't have any photographs of myself. I never have photographs of myself. Pictures I sent them was a promo for a play I did where I was a king, King Richard or Prince Richard, I think at the time. A photo of me putting on an Easter Bunny outfit, so I don't have the head, but I'm wearing, <laughs> wearing a big white fuzzy suit with a giant yellow bow tie. And, oh, the other one was me in the winter wearing an eye patch. So I'm pretty sure they think I'm just trolling them at this point, but I'm not. Those are the three best photos of me doing stuff that I don't do. I'm not a prince. I don't normally wear an eye patch. I do when it gets cold, and I'm definitely not the Easter Bunny. Or am I? But let's go ahead and get started here. AZ, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to Georgia. Nice leisurely ride all the way out to the Peach State. Because it's peach colored. The reason why we're headed out to Georgia is we're about to meet a mother. 
We're going to go ahead and call her Nancy. That's not her real name. We're giving her that name. She just recently posted this online. February 21st is when it went up. And she goes, I can't make any sense of this. This is, this is to be fair, an incredibly puzzling story. And really, there's a few options we have. But let's take a look at the story itself. It sounds completely harmless. But let's take a look at this, because it's just so weird. Nancy said, a few weeks ago, she went to her closet to retrieve an article of clothing. And in her closet is a coat. But... It's not where she normally puts her coats. Okay, you're like, oh, Jason, seriously? I misplace stuff all the time. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because it's going to sound like this is super mundane. But the deeper I get into it, you're going to be like, that is super weird. Nancy found it. She opened up her closet. She found a coat where she normally doesn't put her coats. So she has like a pretty organized closet. I don't. It's just if it goes on a hanger, it's in there. She said that this coat was a heavy winter coat, and she lives in Georgia. She goes, I would never buy a heavy winter coat, because I live in Georgia. It's the sweatiest state known in the universe. It's a heavy winter coat. It's a Calvin Klein coat. She goes, this coat is way out of my price range. And then, it's a petite size. And she goes, listen, I know I don't have a photo of myself up on the internet, but trust me, I'm not petite. She goes, I'm five foot eight. I'm 200 pounds. She's a veteran. She's not a petite. I'm not saying that petite people can't be veterans. Maybe they can. <laughs> probably, it probably is a height requirement to join the military, right? I think there's a height and a weight requirement. But anyway, she's five foot eight. She's 200 pounds. And she goes, I'm looking at this coat and I'm thinking there is no way... I bought this coat. It's the wrong type of coat for Georgia. It's too expensive. And it would never fit me. But yet, here is this coat hung up in my closet, still wrapped in the plastic to protect it. This isn't my coat. And it was really interesting to read her post because she is basically debunking it as she's going by saying all that stuff like i couldn't afford it da, da, da. but she goes listen i gotta be honest i did see some stuff you know when i was a veteran i have ptsd and i don't have the best memory but you know what does have a great memory the computer so she will allow herself she goes maybe i bought this <laughs> maybe at one time i was a petite she's like what i woke up one morning i was five foot eight she went to her computer. She began looking at, she began going through her emails to see if she could find an online order. And that was the other thing. She also goes, I'm pretty much a hermit. I, I am in the house 90% of the time. I don't ever really leave. Very rarely do shopping in the real world, or at least clothes shopping. She goes, I buy everything online. So I went and I started looking through my emails for any proof that I had ordered this jacket. Because I'll be honest with you guys. Maybe I forgot. I did admit that I have poor memory and that I suffer from PTSD. It's possible that I bought this jacket that was... I mean, think about it. I mean, it's possible that I bought this jacket that's the wrong size. That's too much money. I couldn't afford it. Had it shipped here, 
opened up the package, go, huh, and then hung it up and forgot all of that stuff. But the computer never forgets. So she's going through her emails to see if she can find any record of ordering a Calvin Klein jacket, whether from a Calvin Klein retailer or eBay or whatever. There's nothing. But because she's holding this jacket, she knows that it's in her house and she didn't order it. She actually goes to the point where she's like calling up her bank. And she's like, hey, this is going to sound super weird. Actually, I don't think she goes, oh, this, this coat magically appeared in my closet. Help me, U.S. Bank. Probably not. She probably just said, hey, were there any transactions? I'm, I miss anything like that. Because she has, the tags are still on it. So she can see the dollar amount. She can look for transactions in that amount. Nothing. This money never came out of her bank account. She never ordered it. So even if she had mistakenly, you know how people will get drunk on eBay and they'll buy a bunch of stuff and then the next day they're like, "What? why do I own the entire 1988 line of micro-machines? It wasn't that. Now, if all, if all the micro-machines just showed up at your door, or it wouldn't even be that. Imagine if you walked into your living room one day and there was a micro-machines play set set up in your living room with all the micro-machines. You're stepping on them. You're like, ah, oh no, oh, what is this? A home alone trap? You you would be like, wait, what? Where did these micro machines come from? But that it's not as cool as micro machines. It's just the jacket. And it's a jacket that doesn't fit. That's even like the funniest part about it, right? If someone delivered a bunch of micro machines to you, at least you'd have something to play with while you're trying to figure out the mystery. You're like, mystery solved. The answer was fun. She has a tiny person's jacket. It won't fit her. It will never fit her. It'll never, ever fit her. Even if she lost weight, it would basically be like a crop top if she could get her arms through it. She's just too tall. Even if she lost weight. So she has this petite slash extra small jacket. Now, you go. Obviously, I think we're thinking... First off, you're probably thinking Jason's really running out of material. No, I find this absolutely fascinating. I know this sounds so benign, but that's kind of what I love about it. This And it happens in her house. Like this is a, what I think this is, is like some sort of dimensional rift. But let me keep, let me keep going on. There's not much more left of the story. As she's pre-bunking it basically but she's saying it could be this it could be that it could be this but she's wiping all of those off she goes but it's not that because of this she goes listen i do have a daughter i have an adult daughter and she comes by my place a couple times a month and you go well mystery solved jason it's obviously her daughter her daughter's bigger than she is her daughter's five foot ten her daughter is taller than she is she also cannot wear a petite slash extra small and the daughter's like, I didn't buy that. <laughs> Why would I buy such a tiny jacket? What is that? A jacket for an American girl doll? So th- th- it's bizarre. And she goes, like, you know, going back to the beginning, I'm a hermit. Like, I don't leave the house. I didn't pick it up. Like, I couldn't have such bad memory problems that I got in my car and drove to the Calvin Klein store or to Nordstrom's or wherever and bought it and drove back and hung it up. Because, again, even if you would allow that, right, people do have memory problems. Where'd the money come from? How did how did she buy it? It's funny because now I, I think about, you know, I go, it could be a dimensional shift, right? In an alternate world, there is someone who fits in that jacket, in that same place. 
which is actually kind of hilarious to think about because they just bought an expensive jacket and they're like, oh, I'll hang it up right here. And then they went into their closet and it was gone. Like, vanished. And they would never find it. They wouldn't be like, well, I've checked the closet and I've checked my car. Possibly it's in an alternate dimension. Let's fire up the rift generator. No, you would just eat the cost. You would freak out and be like, what happened? to?" You'd probably accuse people of stealing it. All your petite friends who are a little bit poorer than you would probably... That would be the rift. You wouldn't need a rift generator. You'd lose friends over it. The That girl's jacket transported to our universe. And it's in this woman's house. It's funny to think, like, what if Nancy could fit into the jacket? I mean, I guess that's not the most mysterious thing. It's not like she pulled the sword out of the stone. She's like, now I'm queen of England because I fit into this jacket. But I, you, you wouldn't notice it as much. You'd be like, that's weird. Where'd this jacket come from? I, I do have memory problems, but it fits really well. Oh, mystery solved. Oh, well. I mean, you might investigate it a little bit more than that, but it doesn't fit her, and that's like the sticking point. It doesn't fit her, and she couldn't afford it. That was the other thing. Where did it come from? So it had to come from somewhere. Did it come from another universe? But it was funny because that was my original thought, but as I was saying this a long time ago, I don't even know what episode it was, I talked about on Dead Rabbit Radio, what would be scarier if you came home and you're like you left a pillow on the couch? And it's always been on the couch. You always know that it's a couch pillow. It's not a couch cushion, but it's like a couch pillow. You leave, you come back an hour later, and that pillow's missing. What would be scarier, that? Or you leave for an hour, you come back, the original pillow is still there, but there's a new pillow you've never seen before also on your couch now. What's scarier? And pretty much everyone said it's the extra pillow because then you know somebody was in there. You 100% know that somebody came in without your knowledge. Stuff goes missing all the time, but finding new items in your home, it's funny. We've covered basically two stories that have a kind of a similar bent. This one where you have a new item, not like a ghost materializing a coin, which it can be, I don't want to say common, but it does happen. We have this one, and then we covered that story recently. It's not really the same, but the Omnivore Trials. And that had a woman whose blanket was missing. Her favorite blanket was missing. They went to the movies, they came back, and her favorite blanket was folded up neatly sitting on her couch. And that's when they knew something really, really weird. That that whole Omnivore Trials thing. There was all this nonsense, people slamming doors and silhouettes staring at them from the backyard and people just were like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. It's probably just the wind, probably just the wind making the shape of a human silhouette. But it was that blanket being folded up, missing and then being folded up on the same place where she had left it and looked for it and didn't see it. It is creepier. Everyone said, Jason, that's a dumb question. Of course, it's creepier to find something. So I think there's the alternative. I mean, I would say paranormal rift. I would say some sort of dimensional shift but it was only big enough for a single jacket to go through but i host a paranormal podcast and i believe in the paranormal and it could be that right? it could be that completely unbelievable thing but i believe it or it could be some the beginning of some weirdo stalker what if it is like the omnivore trials not to give that episode away but what if there's someone in nancy's bedroom right now being like oh you don't fit that jacket yet 
But, and he's all sharpening knives under her bed. <laughs> I'll carve you up. I'll make you fit in that jacket real good. I also have this pair of snow pants and a nice pair of work boots. I'm going to basically carve you up and turn you into a human scarecrow. I mean, I guess that's honestly... That's honestly less likely than a dimensional rift that this guy is every night, every night when Nancy's going to bed, he's like sharpening his knives. He's like daydreaming about what he's going to do to her. That's probably because, you know, eventually he's going to have to get up and get a drink of water. And she is a veteran. So I think she could probably beat him up. She, he probably picked the wrong victim. But um, who knows? What is more scary for you? The fact that what's, what's scarier, a man living under your bed for weeks at a time, planning on carving you up and putting you into clothes you normally wouldn't fit in, or just or just a, a uh, jacket magically appearing? <laughs> one of the two. Which one would you rather do? Which one is creepier? You choose. I also want to say I do like to look at this. Nancy posted this online under the admittedly awesome username Oedipusy 007 Oedipusy I mean <laughs> my, my point towards some deep seated issues but it could just be a clever name Oedipusy 20 uh, Oedipusy 007 said um I like to see because if, if they post stuff like this and then I look in their posting history and it's all of these weird paranormal events I kind of just go uh, they're probably just fiction writing fiction this person does believe in the paranormal, but most of the stuff uh, that uh, Nancy, the, you know, the fake name I'm using, uh, posted on was just kind of normal stuff. However, she hates Zach Baggins, the host of what I think it's a Ghost Adventurers is the show he's on. She hates Zach Baggins and straight out accused him of getting a boner on a, on a ghost talk. I don't I don't watch that show. I'm like, I'm aware of it. But I guess there was a ghost episode where there was a girl, like a nympho ghost. It's probably actually not think about it, it's possible that she's she's not making this up, but like she's remembering something that didn't happen. Maybe you guys do watch the show and you know what she's talking about. She didn't put a link, but she says Zach Baggins and his crew are always like, we need to document all the evidence possible. We have to prove that ghosts exist. There was an episode where they went to a place where there was a nympho ghost. There was a ghost of this girl who liked to touch men. And she not only accuses him of having a boner on camera as they're walking around looking for this ghost, but he broke his own rule. She goes, he broke his own rule. He went into the room with the horny girl ghost and said, leave the cameras outside. Leave the cameras outside. I'm going to take care of this one all by myself. And apparently they did. And then she said, quote, and he refuses to allow cameras roll in the room so he can whack off to whomever it was. <laughs> I don't know if it's like abandoned asylum. That takes balls. No pun intended. I would never whip it out in a place where the raccoons are king. Anywhere, I mean, forget the ghosts. I wouldn't just want some wild animal jumping up and biting me, thinking I was holding a hot dog or something like that. So, so, so basically, she does believe in the paranormal. Usually talks about normal stuff. Did accuse Zach Baggins of having a boner on camera and possibly masturbating in front of a ghost in an abandoned cemetery or asylum or hospital or wherever they were at. Or maybe all of them. Maybe he's known for doing that. You're like Jason. That's why I watch the show. That's, that's like that's how every episode ends. I don't know, but anyways, that's the story of Nancy and interesting. Where did this jacket come from? Now <laughs> you're imagining Zach Baggins walking around with a big boner. Hey, don't blame me. Don't blame me. She's the one who said that.
can't sue me either. I'm just repeating. I'm just repeating an unfounded accusation on a show that I don't watch. AZ, let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the world famous carbon copter. We are leaving behind Georgia. Fly us all the way out to a house in the suburbs. We're flying all the way out there, and shh, it's late at night. We're walking into this house. Luckily, I have a key. I have a key to every house in the world. Click, click, click. We walk in, and we see a family sitting in the living room. You have a mom and a dad, and then Sophia, who's only a year old. And it's late. It's like two in the morning. We're like hiding. We're all stuffed in one of their closets. And we're kind of looking out all creepy and stuff. I don't know why we are. I don't know why we're so creepy. I don't know why we just didn't be a third person. But anyways, we are stalking this family. So little Sophia is sitting there. And she's eating a snack. Like crackers. And we're like, this is weird. It's like two in the morning. What's she doing up? And eventually she gets done with the crackers. And she lets out a big little kid yawn. And the parents pick up Sophia, because she's one, right? I don't think you walk when you're that young. They pick up Sophia, and they go back to bed. The reason why we're showing up at this house, we don't have an exact location for this story. The person who posted it actually has deleted their account. I don't think it's because of the story. I think it's just because they found out Reddit sucked. But they posted this story, and it's the story of their daughter, Sophia. So you have mom and dad and Sophia living in this house. And they said, we'll say this is stories from the mom's point of view and we'll call her Jody. Jody said, Sophia is what's known as a unicorn baby. Not that she has like a cool horn, but it's a term used for a baby who sleeps through the night. Which is what babies are not known to do. They're known to be really loud poop factories. At every single minute of every single day. But she goes, Sophia was a unicorn baby. From about two months to her first year, slept through the night. Slept like a log. It was awesome. We'd always heard all these horror stories about babies waking parents up in the middle of the night. Marriages just crumbling underneath the weight and the sleep deprivation and the stress. She said, not for us, not for Sophia. She slept all night long. Until she turned one. And she said, what happened was after she turned one, Sophia would wake up in the middle of the night, which means we would wake up in the middle of the night. And Sophia would want a snack. A late night snack. So they would walk Sophia down to the... Because they don't have snack available in their bedroom, right? They'd be eating it. You can't have food in your bedroom, otherwise you would eat it. You're like, oh, this delicious, this delicious butternut squash mashed into a baby food jar when you're one i don't think you're eating baby food anymore you're eating normal stuff but if you had a bowl of like animal crackers right next to your bed you'd eat them you'd eat them you couldn't help it and if you if you didn't the ants sure would the ants must have a field day in a house with a baby anyways you don't have a snack in your bedroom you keep them in the kitchen like a normal human so you walk sophia down to the living room, and you go, you wait there, Sophia, I'll get you a snack. But as you're walking to the living room, you notice Sophia looks over at this chair that just sits in your living room. It's been there for a long time. It's not a new chair. 
But Sophia walks by and she looks at this chair and she waves to it and goes, Hello! And then sits down and waits for her snack. And then you come out with a little bowl of crackers. You set it down and she's um, eating them. And you're just kind of just sitting there. You you can't just be like, hey, good luck eating those crackers. You know how to swallow. See so you tomorrow morning. You got to wait there so she doesn't die. Or make a mess or get carried away by ants. So uh, Jody or her husband would be sitting there in the living room. And as Sophia was eating these crackers, she would carry on a conversation with the chair. It wouldn't make any sense. It would be like, I mean, she can talk, but how big of a vocabulary do you have at age one? And she's a kid. She's a kid. She's not asking about like, oh, did you see what happened in the news yesterday? It's just nonsense. Imaginary friend talk. Goofy stuff. The parent would sit there, and Sophia would eat the snack, and when Sophia was done, bye! And Sophia and the parent would walk back to the bedrooms, and Sophia would go back to bed. The first time it happened, you go, oh, that was weird. Like, she's always slept all the way through the night. <laughs> she doesn't normally talk to chairs during the day. I'm sure she has a, you know, an active imagination like all children do, but that's weird. But when it happens again the next night, Sophia wakes up, parent walks down the hallway with him to get to the living room. Sophia goes, hello, and waves at the empty chair and sits down waiting for her snack. Another full-on conversation with nothing. The parents are like, okay, this is weird. The, The first time she woke up in the middle of the night and wanted a snack, that was weird, but... You know, now it's happened twice. Could this be the start of something new? But this goes on and on and on. This lasts four months, and it's always the exact same thing. The parents actually start pre-making the snack before they go to bed. So then now there's a bowl of crackers or, you know, cereal, whatever it is, on the table... When they go to bed. So when Sophia wakes up and they walk down the hallway, the parent doesn't have to worry about putting it together because this goes on for months. They, they're they like, okay, this is obviously part of this kid's development cycle. It's weird. And every single time Sophia would walk in the living room and go, hello, and wave to the chair and then sit down and carry on a conversation. And and again, it's it, the these were two to three word sentences that Sophia was using. So it's not like you could gleam any sort of information from it. It's, and it's also one-sided, right? It's just your little girl going, yeah, and then pony. Oh, pony go boom. You're like, what? What does that mean? I mean, obviously that means she's making up a story about some dumb cartoon horse. But it's not like, it's not, well, we'll get to it. Because obviously, if we knew both sides of the conversation, this, the climax probably would have happened much sooner, I would think. If the parents had any idea that this wasn't just a weird quirk of Sophia's childhood, they probably would have done what they're about to do much, much earlier. Because this goes on every single night for months and months and months. Until one night, Sophia wakes up. They're walking down the hallway, pre-made snack already sitting on the table. 
And Jody, the mom, was with her at this point. They're walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden, Sophia stops. She stops cold in her tracks. And with a frightened finger, points at the empty chair. This chair she's been talking to for months. She greets with the wave every single night. Ignores it during the day. I mean, it's just a chair. She probably sat on it from time to time, but she definitely didn't wave at it. She didn't carry on conversations with it. Usually she greets it with a wave and a hello. This time, she freezes dead in her tracks. She points a finger at the chair and lets out a terrified scream. And she's screaming and screaming and screaming. It's the middle of the night. And her cries of terror are filling the home. Joe, at this point, the other parent's up now. The husband's up now. They're both like, what in the world is going on? And she's screaming at the top of her lungs. Horrible, terrified screams is how Jody described it. And she's pointing at that chair, screaming, screaming, pointing, frozen in place, refuses to move until Jody scoops up Sophia in her arms and takes her to another room, trying to calm her down. It takes a while. Because Jody can't say really what she saw. She doesn't have the vocabulary for it. All she can do is scream. And even then, when she's been removed from the living room, when Sophia's in her mother's arms and they're in another room, and she's being soothed by her mother, she still can't say what it is, but the screaming just turns to sobbing. This poor little girl is terrified out of her mind. The dad, you you have to wonder, like, again, I think they weren't explicitly, the parents weren't saying that there was some sort of paranormal activity going on. But as the months went by and as they saw these conversations take place, you have to figure they did start to think, maybe it's something, maybe this just isn't a imaginary friend type of thing. Because what happens is when that goes on, when Sophia stops and is pointing at the chair and screaming, the dad takes the chair and removes it from the living room. Like, he feels like the chair caused that. Not that she was having a waking nightmare. Not that she had seen something spooky on television that day. He 100% was like, okay, I'm getting rid of this chair. Which is probably something that he'd been wanting to do for a while. Because it was probably creeping him out. Maybe he didn't specifically say that to his wife. But I I believe at this point they were taking turns. You don't need both parents to be up in the middle of the night to feed the kids. So there would be some nights where it would just be the dad sitting down there with Sophia. Sophia's having an imaginary conversation. Or a real conversation. See, that's the thing. You could say it's an imaginary friend. I believe in the father's mind. No, she's talking to something. Like this is a, she's having real conversations. I can't see it. But she can. And I'm sitting down here in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, which is already creepy. 
with what at best is my daughter's imagination running wild. That's sweet. That's cute. But at worst, there's some sort of unseen phantom sitting just a few feet away from me that my daughter is just carrying on with. Now, maybe it's a ghost of of an old grandpa. Maybe it's the ghost of an engineer who died on this very spot. (laughs) But it's so creepy. I don't want him there. I definitely don't want him talking to my kid. And the dad took this opportunity to remove the chair from the living room. He's like, nope. That's kind of what I've been waiting for. I thought I'd be the one doing the screaming and the pointing. I imagine that one day I would come down the hallway and see something terrifying, but Sophia saw it. So I'm going to remove this chair and the very next day he threw it away. That night he just moved it out of the living room and the very next day he hauled it off to the dump. And what's interesting about that story the little kid seeing the ghost, that happens. That, that's actually a big part of paranormal research. The belief that babies and children can see paranormal entities much easier than adults can because they've been told they don't exist yet. They don't understand the rules of the universe. Uh, A normal adult brain, I shouldn't say normal, but I'll say it again anyways. A normal adult brain has filters placed on it by society, by belief systems, by experience. So that creepy, half-naked old woman who's standing in your kitchen right now, if you went in there, you wouldn't see her. But if you were three... You might. If you were six months old, you you probably definitely would. <laughs> There's no signs to back that up. I don't actually have a chart or anything like that. But you know what I mean? The idea that we go, ghosts aren't real. Even people who believe in ghosts have so many filters. It's a big thing with the law of attraction. A big thing is you have to believe it works. You can't ever believe it won't work. If you believe it doesn't work, it won't work. And they say, if you're studying the law of attraction, don't read anything that says it doesn't work. Don't go, well, I want to see what the other side has to say about it. Because they go, it won't work. It's a filter. You place your own filters over things. So that's interesting in and of itself. And that's pretty normal in the world of paranormal that children can perceive ghosts and spirits far easier than adults can. So it's interesting on that level. It's interesting on the level, again, where this account's been deleted. We can't do any follow-up questioning, but I do think it's interesting that you have the two parents. I would say that you probably did have a schism where the father thought, this is ghost. Like, she's talking to a ghost. And the mother would be like, well, you know, she's it's imaginary. It's, a ma- it's not real ghost. It's in her imagination. For whatever reason, she's developed this imaginary friend that only shows up at the creepiest time, nighttime. But he he was ready to get rid of that chair. It wasn't even like, well, you know what I mean? Like when she pointed it and started screaming, it could have been anything. Like I said, it could have been a nightmare. She could have seen something, a creepy shot or something like that. But the second she got upset by that chair, he got rid of it. He did not even wait. She was still sobbing in the other room. When he's like, nope, you're out of here. I'm getting rid of you. I think there probably was that schism where one person thought it was totally normal 
to talk to an imaginary friend. And then the other parent was like, no, there's something creepy going on here. So that's an interesting, because that, that happens in real life, right? That happened, that they omnivore trial story. The wife was like, I think there's an intruder in our house. I think he's living in our walls. And the husband kept going, it's just the wind. And they, they almost they almost got all of their hands chopped off. That's a crazy episode. I'll put it in the show notes. No, I brought it up twice, but I really like that story. Um, but the thing that I I really the reason why I really wanted to cover this story, and we got to wrap it up. I don't want to go on too long, but I find this absolutely fascinating. Is remember how this all started? Was it the late night snack? This child slept through the night. From two months old to one year old. But when when Sophia turned one, I don't know if it was exactly on her birthday, but you know, around there, she began to crave a midnight snack. It was something that she had never exhibited before. And she would walk in the living room, she'd go, hello, and then she would sit down and eat her snack. And my question is, did whatever was in that chair and what I believe that that what she saw that night was its true form. She probably did see some sort of friendly spirit. It may not have even looked completely human or humanoid. It may have been like something that resembled something that a child would want to talk to, an imaginary friend. They dropped dead Fred-esque character. But that night when she came down, it looked more like the demon from Little Monsters starring Fred Savage. She saw a horrific, she saw it without its mask on. She saw this terrifying, horrific entity sitting in the darkness waiting for her to come down. She saw its true form that night. And what I think is interesting is, did that spirit, did that entity make her hungry? Because if she just slept through the night... She would never see it. Remember, this thing didn't show up during the day. He was sitting in that chair. And we don't know how long they had the chair. Again, there's some cool follow-up questions I'd like to ask, but the person's deleted their account. But it didn't sound like they got the chair from a garage sale that weekend. It was a chair that had been there. So if he is asleep, this thing wants to make contact with her, but it can only manifest at night. If it simply wakes her up, then she wakes up and the parents swaddle her and, and rock her back and forth or whatever you do to a one-year-old, and then she goes back to sleep. The entity's still sitting in the darkness in the living room. What it had to do was it had to bring her down. It had to create a habit, a need that she did not have previous. It had to wake her up and make her hungry in the middle of the night. That was the only way that the parents would let her walk down there and spend enough time down there to talk. Right? Isn't that so... That, that, that to me, this story seems kind of just a creepy kid story, a little innocuous. But that's creepy because you think, what is really the power level of the paranormal? Sure, we talk about demons being able to possess people, turning you into a murderer, rapist, some sort of hardened criminal... And that sucks, right? I'm not saying any of that stuff's good either, but is it possible for a dark spirit to simply give you a habit to make you do a particular thing? And you start to think, like, I'm, I stay up late. I go to bed 
around, I, I lay down around midnight. I'm asleep by one in the morning. I'm up at 536 to go to work. And you think, I've been doing that my entire life. I've been doing that my entire life. But you think, is it, like that's, I've always, people think I'm crazy for doing that. And they go, it's super unhealthy. I take naps. I take naps. But, you know, people go, that's an unhealthy. Your body's not given enough time to regenerate. You lift weights. You got to sleep eight hours to build muscle, all this stuff. And I go, I've been doing it my entire life. And I, I, it's something that I own. It's a decision that I make. But what if that's not the case? Like, what if I didn't choose to be a late night person and oddly enough, a morning person as well? But how much, I guess I'm feel, I'm kind of getting, getting off track here, but I'm thinking like, how much of our lives are dictated by us? How much of our lives are dictated by environmental factors or genetic factors, but you know, the decisions we make. But then how much, like a simple habit of waking up in the middle of the night to get a snack. Did Sophia start doing that on her own and then see this creature, see this entity one night, and it just happened that way? That's possible, but Jody does add in her narrative that after they got rid of the chair, Sophia slept through the night. She once again, every night after that, slept through the night and no longer needed a midnight snack. So, does the world of the paranormal have a day-to-day impact on even simple habits we have? Because again, it's not like she woke up And she saw this thing and she goes, next night I do that again. We play. I believe this entity was waking her up and making her hungry. Both of those things needed to be accomplished for her to come into the living room. If she just woke up, she wouldn't be able to go in the living room. Her parents would put her back to sleep. She had to be woken up and be made hungry so they would have time to talk. So Because she would eat this stuff like someone would eat a bowl of crackers. That's going to give you a good 10, 20 minute conversation, depending on how many crackers. This spirit, this demon, whatever it was, woke her up and made her hungry. That, that is, it's weird because you, you go, sure, a demon possessing a guy and turning him into a mass murderer, that is worse. That takes a huge amount of power. It does. I'm not diminishing, I'm not diminishing all the demonically possessed murderers out there. I'm just saying that this would take a lot of energy as well. And to what end? What was this spirit's goal? Why was it waking up this one-year-old girl and making her hungry so she would be in the living room with it and they could have a conversation? What was the end game there? Fascinating story. It, it really, it, at first glance, it just seems like this is the story of a creepy kid, but it really has to. But it really opens up that whole question of how powerful is the world of the paranormal and how much of an effect does it have on our daily lives? Which is funny because that's what ancient cultures used to believe 100. percent 
like the paranormal was constantly interfering in the daily lives of the humans on the planet. And over time, we either say this stuff doesn't exist or it's rare. But what if some of the habits you have that I have that we think we've developed on our own are actually the work of spirits? And I think there's a case to be made when you can look at stuff like porn addiction, gambling addiction, drug addiction, that there's a demonic element to those things. I think that there's an art. We've talked about those on the show. I think any sort of addiction where you forego your family and you forego your job and you forego your own health to pursue something you know is destructive, but you just keep doing. I think you could definitely argue there's a demonic element to that, but eating crackers in the middle of the night. Did this spirit just want some company and was stuck in the darkness and decided to use what little energy it had outside of that chair to wake up a child so it would have a conversation? So it wouldn't be so lonely through the eternal nights? Well, if that's the case, what did she see on that last night? What frightened her so much? If this was a benign spirit, What did she see? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. (laughs) 